my name is Alexander Krause. Alex for short, A for T, Sean. Welcome to Big Tall Boys. Big Tall Boys values, Big Tall Boys. Happiness. Do you eat the Big Tall Boys? All you need is Big Tall Boys. Make it a Big Tall Boys. Big Tall Boys is all jacked up. If you want to get ahead, get a Big Tall Boys. You scream, you scream, you scream for Big Tall Boys. Big Tall Boys, your game. Big Tall Boys, the bear. Ba-da, ba-da, ba-da. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Look, I have a bunch of slogans here in front of me. I've tried recording this episode several times, and here's the thing, is the weight, the unbearable weight of massive talent, okay? This movie has come out of the most appropriate time because I am I'm overrun with the idea of this having to be some sort of culmination of everything that I've done previously. It's an anniversary show, right? And with that, I am terrified it's not living up to its name. It needs to be better than everything else before. It needs to make sure that this show is coming to a head, that it's illuminating some sort of grander divine purpose of uh, both discussion and improv and comedy and writing and enjoyment and really just playing who I am as an individual and what more improving upon it is this episode needs to finish with me growing and changing and becoming a, a better version of myself. And I just don't, I don't, I don't know if we're going to get there. I don't know if we're going to get there. I think I'm too much of a piece of shit. I've run the math. I've run the math. Like I've, I've really, I've really dug in there. I really dug in there. I've looked in the mirror before I recorded this one. I looked in the mirror for 40 minutes. And as I was looking all I could see was myself. I didn't see any larger truth, any like anything behind the eyes. I didn't see Tim Allen behind there. It was just me. It was just continuously me. No magic, no mystique, nothing. And it made me recognize that perhaps there isn't anything that is left for me to learn. Maybe me being a piece of shit is all I got left. Maybe there's nothing actually more to it. And in that, I've learned contentness. I've learned that perhaps the problem is isn't with me. Maybe the problem's with the world. So, on this anniversary episode, I'd like to tell everybody that, yep, the show's great, it's doing great, and my pressure on building on myself to do something that's more than what I've previously done is because of you expecting more from me, which is the problem with the world. I think... I think I'm ready to become the Joker. I think I'm there. I think I'm there, and I know... I know what you're going to say, Alex, you don't have the cheekbones to be the Joker. And yeah, I know, I know, I, that's the one hindrance. I got everything else. Done. I got the mannerisms. I got the laugh. <laughs> everything else is all sorted out, but I just don't have those cheeky little bones that everybody's all looking for for one of these jokers. The Joker needs to be traditionally handsome. I just don't have it. I don't know. I can't do it. I could do it. I could do a killer... Scarecrow, probably, you know, there's a lot of like prosthetics and whatnot that goes on the foot. You can probably like cover a lot of the shit up. Um, but yeah, yeah. So I'm excited for this anniversary episode. I'm a bit, I'm a bit nervous that it's not going to live up to the expectations, but here's the thing is I'm, I'm not going to care. I'm not going to care about it anymore. It's in your hands. If you enjoy it, if I enjoy it, then that's all that really matters. And I guess then, uh, yeah, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. And we shouldn't start on this on this note because it should be an exciting experience that we're all taking part in. So let me start off by saying what the premise of this episode is to get us reinvigorated, re-excited. Here we go. Here's what we're doing is this is the Big Tall Boys anniversary reprise. The premise of this show has always been, always, always since the dawn of time, that from the beginning, in the beginning, God created humans. Created the earth, the sun, the moon, and in turn rested on the seventh day. But eventually, 
God, God got a little pissy. Got a little pissy. Went off, burned some bushes, whatnot, and allowed people to create things that go for a little bit too long. And what culminated was a show that's now been going on for an entire year where every week we do a different premise. We do a different idea. We have interviews with Oprah. We have fan mail that we read. We have, um, we read the copy of that businesses have sent into us we read voicemails we respond to hinge prompts we do microphone reviews we read reviews of people that have written in for the show we pitch home alone movies and advertise things and uh se ho 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 that was an episode name i can't remember everything i can't remember everything i can't remember everything but it's a lot of different premises and this is going to be the reprise we're doing it all again we're doing all of it again, and I don't care what you say about sequelitis and things eventually degrading down into a worse version of themselves. Well, here's the thing. Here's my theory on that: is there is a consistent trend amongst the three film sequel structure, and it happens with every single movie that has ever existed. And I'll I'll say it all the time: is the first movie hits the hearts and minds of the people through something that they've set up that people enjoy. Let's, I, I'll model it to the Hangover films, okay? Um, Todd Phillips, uh, is that his name? Todd Phillips, close your ears for a second. I'm going to utilize you, a film that you, um, you know, you adore, you praise, you say that you can't make it again today. And I agree with parts of the film, yeah. And probably shouldn't be made, it's not the best. But the first movie had like this idea of they're going to, get drunk, wake up, it's the hangover, yada, yada, yada. The second movie goes, let's double down on the promise that everybody likes and add nothing, ultimately. And people who enjoyed the first one went, this is fantastic. People who didn't enjoy the first one were more alienated. So the movie gets worse reviews, right? Because it's never, it's appealing to a smaller demographical crowd. What then happens is they see that the quality of the films review-wise has gone down and they say to themselves, okay, let's appease the people who are saying the film is doing badly. Let's doing poorly. Let's give them what they're asking for. And what they're asking for is not the film of The Hangover because they don't care about The Hangover. They're already in the camp of, I don't want to see this. But then they target that group of people and they make a sequel that has nothing to do with the franchise premise. And that means the people who enjoy the movies are upset because they lose the thing they enjoy. And the people who don't like the movies don't check it out because they're already not a fan. This happens with every single trilogy. Every single trilogy. You can mark it all with all of them. Is they double down on the idea in the second one. And the third one, they try to make something new. And at that point, they lose everybody together. Okay? And what what breaks this spell sometimes is the sequel doing is usually the sequel doing better than the first one is if the sequel heightens the premise and is a better film than the first one, then the film franchise becomes like we look at T2, right? Is it's just doing the shit that the first one did, but better. That's all it's doing is it's doing the first one better. It's not trying to reinvent the formula. It's just doing the first one better. So it makes a franchise out of itself because people want to then see. It goes, this thing can't lose. It's already done it twice. It can't lose at this point if it's only getting better. And that's how you get a franchise going is the second one needs to be better. So here's the pressure I'm putting myself under is this is going to be the reprise. This is me. This next year is going to be the sequel year. Okay. I have to do better than I did previously to prove to Todd Phillips that the form- the award-winning formula can work. If we're getting drunk and we're being the wolf pack, I'm doing it again. But this time, it's going to be funnier. We're not going to do weird shit in a, a, a different country that maybe is a little bit too much for everybody to really get on board with. We're just playing the hits. 
And in terms of playing the hits, we're going to start off with something that maybe wasn't a hit. We're going to run through, but the first one here is something we did in a very early episode. I know the early episodes are of this show were like 15-minute chunks that were very quick and weren't as premise heavy. So some of these are, but we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna expand it out. We're gonna go through all of these. Some of these I did prep work for. for. Of course, this show I do a lot of writing for. Sometimes, sometimes some of these episodes are like ten thousand words. I have to write for it, which is absolutely fucking insane. Like, favorite, subscribe. Um, and I I say that because you have to because I wrote ten thousand words for some of these episodes, so you have to do it. But for this one, this is me doing everything over again. The reprise. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be cool. It's gonna be gauche. It's gonna be fun. Chill. Cool. Gauche. I'm excited. You're nervous. I'm nervous. You're excited. We're all enjoying in the same sphere of delight and uh, merriment. Let's do it. Let's start us off. And the first one we have on here is the Golden Record, a very, as I mentioned, a very early episode. Very early episode that we're revisiting here. The premise of it was to get more things onto the Golden Record. If I was making my own Golden Record, what would I include on there? Uh, previously, they made the previous one. Blah, 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 blah. You know what the Golden Record is. Everybody knows what it is. Okay, went through the Cooper Belt, yada, yada, yada. The Golden Record, what I want to include, and this is for the reprise, what I'm going to include on this Golden Record is more... An explanation of what the golden record is, I think actually might be good. I'm going to go meta with this one, is I feel like he maybe get a lot of aliens picking up this golden record that are like, what's the purpose and intent of this? And here's the thing about humans. I don't think we included it on there. That we're like, hey, it's a disc. We decided to make a gold because it sounds cool. Maybe it lasts longer in space. All we did is throw as much information about humanity as we could on there, but we didn't include in that the golden record. This is the problem that faces a lot of computer um, theorems and, you know, computer science nerds, you raise your hands and place them firmly down on your back and make a padding motion or whatnot, because this is, this is your chance to shine is a lot of times we create devices and computers that are impossible because they're incapable of recognizing their own faults and problems. Like if we create a machine that's able to solve uh, problems in other devices and correct things, and then we feed a problem that is involved with itself into itself, then it doesn't know what the output's going to be depending on the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Computer scientists, you explain it for this one, okay? I did one year of computer science. I know some of the shit, but I'm tired at this point. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, look for the person that's sitting beside you on the train that had their hand up and is now patting their back. They're a computer scientist. They'll be able to talk to you about what I'm talking about vaguely. What I'm vaguely talking about that we had to uh, expand on, but this golden record needs to be able to self-affirm. It needs to be able to talk about this. It needs to be able to talk itself about itself in a positive light. And so these aliens actually know what's going on. And we left it out of there because I guess we were so focused on humanity. We forgot that a part of society also includes the golden disc. So yeah, that's my one's contribution for that. Let's move on to the next one, which is fan mail. Classic. Done like three of these over the last year, I think. I know I did one of these previously on Know What You're In For, which is on this podcast feed. You could check that out, Long Form Improv Show. Uh, this, this, so I, I, I take, here's the behind the scenes for this. Even before I read it, I'm going to do the behind the scenes. It may ruin the magic of this. But what I do with this is I take um, complaints from the Ad Standards Board uh, online, the Australian Ad Standards, and I take those complaints and I control F, uh, vaguely control F, kind of like, search my way through and remove any mention of the word advertise or um, advert or radio or TV and replace it all to do with podcasting and my name. 
And then I respond to them as if they're complaints made against the show. That's like the whole premise of these. And they're pretty fun to do, but I can't do them that often because there's not enough complaints getting uploaded onto that website. So I can only really do it when there's things available. So I kind of have to wait a few months and then I can make a new one. But here's one that I've been waiting to do. I wrote this down probably like a few months ago. So I don't, I don't actually remember everything that's in. I think I checked the first paragraph again. So again, full transparency for this episode. I'm going over all the hits. I'm going to explain how everything works. I, I, I remember the first paragraph of this, but when I react to it, I try to play it up. You know, I don't actually know what it's going to read, but it's going to be fun. We're going to read it and react to this. Here we go. Dear Alexander Krauss, listening to the podcast where we hear a woman receive the devastating news that her loved one has been seriously injured and possibly not breathing, was obviously designed to shock and awe. In the interest of getting attention, it certainly got my attention as I listened to the entire thing. Well, firstly, thank you for being so formal. Thank you for the dear Alexander Krauss. Um, great to hear that you're listening to the show. Always nice. Let me first say that I didn't intend on recording this person that is struggling breathing. I was intending to record an episode and they just so happened to be in the vicinity getting crushed by machinery. It's not my fault. It's not my fault. Let me start off with that. It's not my fault. There was, so I was recording an episode. I wanted to do a beach episode. So I went out to the Geelong beach. I was recording, reminding my lonesome, doing what a guy does on the beach, which is just record himself talking. And there was this woman that was standing there and she was standing a little bit too close to uh, to a turbine that I brought. I brought a turbine onto the beach just for atmosphere. I originally, when I arrived to the, here's the full thing is I arrived on the beach, like, Hey, this is going to be good for the background sound effects. It's going to sound like I'm on a beach. People are going to like, I'm having a good time. People can then comment and review the show and say like, Hey, Alex, it sounds like you had a really good time in that episode. It sounds like people are playing beach volleyball behind you, but the noise wasn't really there. There wasn't enough noise. I needed like more wind and whatnot. So I decided to bring in a wind turbine. I called my friends out at, um, I'm, I'm crat. Amcrat, uh, and they brought in a wind turbine, um, a C7, I believe it was, and they set the C7 in there, and it started spinning around. Obviously, people were losing their towels. I was, I was putting my hands out, outstretched on the left and right of myself, saying, "Okay, everybody, calm down. I can reimburse you for the towels. It's a wind turbine, so obviously, I have money and connections. It's just." towels and then this woman came over and she was rail thin she was basically a towel of her of herself and yeah she dived in she dived in she dived right into the wind turbine i think of her own volition i think of her i didn't think it was me pumping it up to a six on the little dial on the side of the wind turbine i think it was her diving in head first to prove something to be like this is dangerous and you shouldn't have this here in a place of uh beachery but yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, yeah, this woman jumped in. She started getting chewed up by the machine. I'm trying to help her out. I'm trying to work the dials, but the dial kind of came off. And then I'm like trying to plug it back in and whatnot. And I guess this was the episode that you were listening to. But it did you did listen to the entire thing, so that's good. Uh, let me keep reading. Unfortunately, during this specific time of day, my three and five-year-old boys were also in the car with me on our way to preschool and school. So you're listening with your children. That's three listens for the prize of one. I don't want to say anything, but maybe get them iPods or phones or something just to get three listens in, because that's actually illegal. Uh, my five-year-old in particular has had a very negative reaction to the podcast. It was clear he thought he has just heard a real-life recording of an emergency ad on radio, which the podcast intended us to think. <laughs> okay. Well, it was. It was real. 
It was real. So I think your boy's actually pretty smart. He's pretty clued in. It sounds like you were thinking I was doing some sort of radio play, but your boy is correct. There was a real woman that was sucked into a real wind turbine and he has the correct line of thought to be afraid. Like he should have been afraid. This is a terrifying thing to probably listen to. I know I had a lot of conversations with my um, podcasting company, Big Tall Boys, and just trying to work out like how we're going to release this. Should we release this? Do we have some sort of ethical, non-ethical dilemma? And we decided that it's a non-ethical dilemma. We ended up deciding... Four to one, we ended up deciding that it's a non-ethical dilemma. That yes, it's wrong... But we got a bunch of philosophers to say that maybe we're in a simulation theory and probably we're fine. Probably it's not it's not an ethical problem, so we're called to release it. And that's what comes up. If, you, if you're listening to the episode, it says, like, you know, parent, parental de- uh, advice considered. <laughs> it says... God. It says... Before the episode, there's a deep voice that says, parental advice considered... Which is just kind of saying, yeah, we did listen. We did listen. We did listen. And then we decided that it's a non-ethical dilemma. And parentals, we did talk to some parents and they said it's cool. So that's fine. And sure, most of the parents we talked to were in, you know, in not in the best place. We talked to every parent who didn't make it to a parent-teacher interviews. We know that most parents who show up to those are aware of their children, are connected, uh, yada, yada, yada. We went to everybody's, every parent's house when they didn't show up to the parent-teacher interview. And we pretty much got a good sense of what a parent, what being a parent really means, what it really means and what kids are allowed and not allowed to do. Continuing. He asked me about death and if he was going to die with tears welling in his eyes. Well, that's very sad. I called my husband, his dad. (laughs) Thank you for clarifying. From the car in an attempt to reassure our son. As I asked Google to call my husband, my son immediately asked if I was calling him because there was an emergency. Actually, that's probably pretty good. So your kid thought, your kid starts crying. You call out to your dad like, hey, can I, need, I might need some help to reassure our son. Um, and your kid thought that maybe it was a part of the bit. I think what your kid is actually, I think your kid's really funny. I think he's maybe got the bone. He's got the knack for comedy because he's recognizing that the bit on the radio is something that can be more than just on the radio. Like the podcast itself is funny. It's cool. It's gosh. We all know this to be true. He heard this idea and he was like, let's play it out. Let's like, see what it's like. Let's feel like what it's like in the room. You know, is you hear a prank call for the first time. You want to make a prank call. You see jackass people jump off a roof. You want to jump off a roof. You listen to me put a woman into a wind turbine and try to pull her out and only her heels coming out from her ankles. And then there's like blood spurting everywhere and a crowd of beachgoers that were doing a sandcastle competition are slattered in blood. And you recognize that, hey, maybe maybe I want to do something like that. Maybe I want to delve into the comedic world. I want to do funny bits and improv and written stuff and to entertain people, to go out on stage every single night and scream until people tell you to get off. You know, I think your I think your kid might be really onto something. And I'm sorry to hear about his dad. What would you say? I called my husband his dad from the car. It's interesting. I guess you were just wanting to be specific about... Does your dad, does he know? Does he know? I get the semblance here that you're trying to cover for something. I feel like your husband isn't his dad. Why would you need to tell me that? I don't need to know this. Unless your dad, unless your husband was looking over your shoulder while you wrote this and you're trying to like do a big nod like, husband, 
his dad, like, yeah, don't worry. Don't worry. You're definitely his. You're definitely his. I don't know. I don't know. Sounds like you're the one that's really in trouble. Let me continue. Later, after we had reassured him, I made another call and he pressed me again, asking if my call was an emergency. That's actually really, your kid is, that's rule of threes. That's three up. He heard it on the show. He did it a second time. And the third time he's like, let me delve back into this to see if I can get a bigger laugh again. Let's call back to it. Your kid's hilarious. This podcast was designed to shock people into remembering the importance of workplace safety safe safely but it has terrified my five-year-old son to hear what was believed to be a real-life emergency possibly resulting in death air on radio i enjoy that you maybe got some educational stuff out of it honestly i just hired a wind turbine and put it onto a beach it's nice to hear that you had some sort of workplace safety um realization it's nice to hear that you're growing and changing as a result of this podcast that's really nice altogether and if your boy took away that as well as the comedy chops i think we're gonna have a very safe and funny hr representative i think in his future he's you know probably not a full-time comedian okay uh, by by that point once he's a bit older i'm assuming i would have stomped out most of the other jobs i would have pulled up the ladder hopefully he can't get into the comedy biz but he could be a very funny guy who works in an office who deals with workplace safety if he's getting these lessons and he's also learning comedy yeah yeah i could see a future for him i think he's gonna make it uh and what else we got here the podcast did not play out further so my son never heard if the person in question made a full recovery yeah that's because i lost the mic in the wind turbine um i yeah so i took the woman out i took the woman out at her heels in my hands and i was like uh did we get that i looked over to my sound guy like well this is absolutely fucked but did we actually get a clean cut of that and they were giving me a shaking head like now the turbine the sound of the turbine got a bit muffled by the sound of the gurgled person up in there, up in the guts. So it might be a good idea if we got a second take. So I put the knob back on and I was trying to t- pump up the sound thing again. And I dropped my bleeding microphone. I dro- I leaned over the turbine and I dropped my microphone and I felt like an absolute idiot. I was trying to get a close up, you know, thing for folly, but I, yeah, I felt like a fool. Uh, he was left with the panic sound of the family member wondering the same thing. It may have made my son question his mortality. Oh, that's the third thing your son has learned. So your son has learned comedy chops. He's learned workplace safety. And also he's reconciled with the greater gods above. That he is merely a mortal walking among the mortal, mortal plane. And eventually his recompense shall come in the form of his death. That's pretty good he's only five years old and he's already ready to go are you kidding me i'm like i'm not even there yet this kid you know what i take it back there is a place in if he wants to come on the show he can come on the show i think he's actually really funny and cool and he sounds really down to earth if at five he can recognize that his life is meaningless in the grand scale of reality and in uh, all together he's merely but a chess piece that is eventually going to be stricken from the board then he's probably pretty cool to talk to and he can come on the show he sounds pretty funny he sounds pretty funny and he sounds pretty humble <laughs> uh what else we got here these themes are completely inappropriate for a five and three-year-old to be exposed to i am also very disappointed this podcast was aired at this particular time of day completely up to you which coincides with school drop-off times <laughs> love the show kisses anonymous always so nice at the end Thank you for listening to the show. It's nice to know that I have fans out there that are able to listen, to engage, to enjoy, and to learn. A lot of people listen to the show as some sort of like blank slate, you know? Uh, But I like to imagine that everybody out there, I believe in the hypodermic needle theory. I believe that everybody out there is able to learn a message that I give and bestow upon them. 
Call me, call me an optimist, but I think everybody when they hear something and engage with content are immediately changed into a new person that I have made for them. I believe that if I am to become the Joker, <laughs> then they will learn that society should crumble like the end of Fight Club. And that's my, and once you see that, then you become that, you get radicalized. That's my true belief system. Propaganda works instantaneously. And the only thing keeping me sane is people telling me that we're all experiencing this together, that everybody's dealing with problems, is whenever I hear the words, hey, you know, uh, it's pretty fucked up, but you know, we're all trying to work through it, I recognize that, hey, I must be all right if everybody's in pain, but here's the truth, Here's the awful truth. You might be out there thinking right now, hey, at least everybody else is doing bad just like me. Everybody else is freaking out about the things happening in the grand scale of reality. Well, guess what? It's just you, bud. It's just you. And it's all the propaganda in films that we're making that is trying to make you construct this idea in your head that you belong into a larger system. That perhaps everybody else is also ranshackled, shackled to the walls of this fucking institution, and they're incapable of becoming grander versions of themselves. And yeah, yeah. Actually, they're fine. They're actually really content and happy with their lives. And your depression, anxiety, problems are merely your own internalized, problematic. And you're never going to grow and change into anything that's beyond who you are. A pebble in the rough, a grain of sand being washed away by a shore, leaving behind no trace of what was there beforehand. You are dust on the shelf about to be dusted off. You are a breadcrumb about to be lifted upon from my sweater and eaten into my little mouth. And yeah, so I guess that's what we're learning. I guess what we're learning is we're all fucking shit. Uh, but only you. Only you. Let's stop. <laughs> that was a long... We're trying to reprise everything. That was a long just fan mail. <laughs> Let's see what else we got. Bruin. Oh, this one we got here is a cameo audition classic episode. Let's delve into this one. Uh, originally, I recorded video for these cameo auditions. I don't think I released any of them. Maybe like one clip or two. I don't know. I don't know what I actually put out online, but I recorded video for this one and never released it. Uh, and these are just me recording my cameos, trying to get myself inducted into the cameo hall of fame. So let me just read out this one right here. Completely prepared. I have something to read off of, of course. Um, yeah, maybe this one's a little bit off the cuff. Let's do it. Cameo audition. Uh, this one is for a Michael. It's for their third anniversary. Okay, terrific. Hey, Michael, how's it going? Uh, Barbara told me that you are a huge fan of my show, Big Tall Boys with Alexander Krause. And I was wanting to offer you up this opportunity to see and hear me tell you that your, your relationship is made into three years. Wow, love is true and love is eternal. Did you know I'm also celebrating an anniversary? Not to make this about myself, but the, my show has been going for an entire year. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy? And I want to offer you some tips that I've learned along my way that can maybe apply to your relationship. Tip number one, release on a weekly schedule. It actually really helps to make sure you can continually engage with an audience if you have a consistent upload schedule that, uh, you know, 
allows people to recognize what you're trying to put out consistently as you're not having these huge gaps for having to explain yourself or losing people who are maybe falling off to find other opportunities. And that's the thing is every single week you should at least see your partner once. Every week, one time. And I know that's difficult. I know sometimes you're busy with the boys, with the lads, getting a drink. Uh, you know, you're out there with the Duffer brothers talking about the new season of Stranger Things, giving them ideas. I'm the same way. I'm always out getting drinks with the Duffer brothers. And I'm like, hey, we should do this with Nancy. Wouldn't it be cool if she was like chill and um, fun and cool and nice? And they're like, actually, that's pretty good. Actually, that's pretty good. And sure. And then... Sure, you get a little bit intoxicated with the idea of maybe um, continually giving advice to the Duffer Brothers of how to construct Stranger Things, and you get a little bit pissy when they don't give you any credit for the work you put into the production. You don't get any creative note, uh, creative, uh, what's it called? Like credits? You're not in the credits of the show, you're not in the opening title sequence, nothing, despite how much good ideas you give them. And so you have to quickly rush home and you're like, oh, no, 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 I need to record an episode, blah, blah, blah. I just say a bunch of bullshit. Then I'm quickly back out of the house, back over to the Duffer Brothers being like, what if Eddie was playing the guitar? <laughs> And it's hard. It's hard. I'm, I'm sure you're going through the same thing. You're probably there with the Duffer Brothers or the Russos or something, giving them ideas. And you have to quickly run home and be like, I love you. Here's some roses. I'm sorry. I just had this crazy idea that maybe Nancy Dry Dwyer is struggling to keep hold of the press. Maybe she's trying to create this school magazine and she's uh, stretched a little bit too thin in her lifestyle. So that's my first tip of advice is make sure you make time for... The Duffer Brothers, and you make time for a weekly release or in your, I mean, maybe it's a weekly release for you, wink. <laughs> but yeah, make some time to relate to your partner at least once a week. It's probably the main tip. Second and last tip, that's right, only two tips, is um, back the fuck off. If if she's not if she's not enjoying herself, probably break things off. Like, it's been three years. You're probably done. You're probably quits. I know I'm hoping for, you know, two years is the big goal here for the show. Is at that point we hit 100 episodes, we're syndicated, we're sitting pretty, okay? But for you, you're three years in because I don't know what your goal is anymore. You've already released enough for you to get be syndicated with this with this dime in the rough, you know? <laughs> you're probably good to back off. And actually, in turn with the backing off is... Um, probably don't speak as much with the Duffer Brothers. If I feel like every time I go to them, there's somebody else that's already talking to them, and they're like they're quickly shuffling around pillows and whatnot, and uh, you know, t pouring out half-filled waters that I guess were out to refresh a different guest who is there to pitch them ideas. And um, yeah. So if you're also there with the Duffer Brothers, you can fuck the fuck off, and that's cool. And yeah, I'd say give your give your loved one some space. Three years is enough time for you to start saying, okay, where is this relationship going? Probably out the door. What are we looking for next? And then probably start setting each other up with different people, you know? Like, it can be really fun if once you recognize that your relationship is over, is start talking to different people at bars to set up new meet-cutes, you know? Go there and be like, hey... There's this girl I've been seeing for quite some time, three years actually, and we're going to split up pretty soon. And it'd actually be really cool if I could get a start on that. So it'd be a good idea if you could give her the old T-bone steak, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's my second piece of advice. Um, and that was all the advice I wanted to give. Hopefully, hopefully this finds you well. Um, is this something you want to say on Cameo? 
And if you could give me a high rating on Cameo, that'd be great. A lot of these are like a little auditions I'm trying to do. So if you could give me like a bump up in the ratings, that'd go a long way in getting me some acclaim on this platform. So thank you for listening to this Cameo you paid for. Um, and this is, uh, so it's going to be yearly. It's a yearly payment. So you, this, this is the first one that you get. And in six months, I'll do another one. And another six months, I'll do another one. And then every year you just make the payment for, yeah. And that's going to increase steadily over time. So I think it's $69.95 at the moment. Uh, next year, they'll probably double and double again, double again until it becomes like an expanding penny that engulfs all of humanity. Thank you and good night. All right, jumping back in, and this time we're going to be doing a a political campaign speech. As we all know, this year I've ran for prime minister. It went pretty well altogether. We got some votes out there um, by accident. There were some people who accidentally filled out their forms with um, iconography that was recognized as perhaps the branding for this production, which somehow counted. So we got a few, we got a few, about three votes this year, which is pretty good all together but there's one big campaign promise that I really wanted to play up and originally I wrote a speech uh, to talk about my original campaign and I never actually said it anything I did the tour I did a I did you know uh, what else did I do I did like a multiverse thing. There was a whole bunch of stuff. Multiverse. What a wild journey that was to be, try to become prime minister. But this was a speech that I never actually read out on the podcast. It'd be great to uh, bring this back in for the reprise. So here we go. Hello friends, family, press, peers, pairs, and dates. I assume many of you are curious as to why I called an emergency conference at such an hour. For many of you, 2am represents a time of rest, a time of sleep, a time of slumber. But for I, it serves as a time of contemplation, of reflection, of reverie, of rumination, of cogitation. I'm not sure about that one, thesaurus.com. For I have had an epiphany. One which involves something near and dear to my heart. No, it's not my parasitium. <laughs> wow, a lot of doctors in the crowd tonight. I, of course, speak of the Olympics, the holiest of scheduled international athletic competitions due to the rings. I stand here tonight to formally announce my bid for the 2052 Summer Olympics. This event will serve as the 40th Summer Games and hopefully the first Olympic event to be hosted by a sole individual. I have years of podcasting hosting experience and believe this is the first step in making that experience something that can go onto a CV. I will not be taking questions at this time as recording of this conference and my full outline will be thoroughly detailed in an episode of my show, Big Tall Boys. But let me leave you with this improvised motivational quote. (laughs) Thank you. Now, of course, that was my campaign promise that I was trying to start out with, is that I was hosting the Olympics in 2052. As a sole individual, it's going to be hosted in my backyard rental property. Since then, I've moved into a location that's even smaller without a backyard uh, apartment. And, uh, uh, you know, things are getting a little bit complicated. And this is what happens every single time with the Olympics, right? Is we set up, we're like, look, we're good to host, we're good to go. And then all of a sudden, all these controversies. Oh, we don't have a place to house the people. Oh, we don't have anywhere to put the sporting equipment. Oh, you know, our water bill is going to be crazy. Everybody's drinking from the taps. And these, this is the problem that we're always faced with the Olympics. It's, it's seems like no city is ever ready but 
In saying that, the fact that I don't feel ready, I think makes me the most ready. So I'm going to double down on this. I'm hosting the 2052 Summer Olympics, with, including all your favorites, rowing, skating, snowboarding, a first for the Summer Olympics. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. We're going to be the first people to introduce it. I don't know why. Everybody's against it. I'm going to do snowboarding. I'm going to do skiing. I'm going to do tobogganing. Everything that's winter is now fresh and summer ready is my goal for the Summer Olympics. So... It's going to be cool. And I'm assuming by 2052, we probably either the world's all, world's all covered in ice or it's all dry desert. So uh, this is either going to be a huge success and make a lot of sense or none of it's going to happen in case I'm out anyway. So that's all good. Next up on the list right here is a little episode I did a while ago called Unhinged, in which I responded to the voice prompts on Hinge to try to um, show that I'm a cool guy that you could maybe go on a date with and help out in creating a Summer Olympics event. So uh, we're just going to jump in. I had to bring this one up because I actually didn't have anything to talk uh, to use for this, but I do see one. I've brought up the prompts and I see one here that is typical Sunday. Okay. My typical Sunday is relaxing by the poolside and drinking a Mai Tai because I'm a swell guy. And sure, if you were there, perhaps I'd be a little less inclined to be relaxing because I'd be trying my best to validate myself in your eyes. Here's the thing. My typical Sunday is the only time of my week in which I'm able to relax and see myself as an individual beyond work, beyond social relationships. But if we were in a point in our relationship where we're living together and you're a part of that discourse that I'm never able to actually be my true self. Here's how relationships work for me. Is the moment that we start interacting and engaging with uh, each other is the point in which the real me stops existing. I will stop acting and reacting in a way that is true to myself and only act and react in a way that other people see as a good version of a human being. I'll never truly know love because I'm incapable of recognizing another person's soul as something that can recognize fault inside somebody else and instead needs to be given the best version of myself so that they can possibly accept me. I'm a broken soul. I'm a broken soul. And yeah, that's my little unhinged response. Pretty, pretty, pretty cute. Pretty cute. You could hear that and be like, wow, he's a swell guy. I could probably get a, I could probably, I could probably split a drink with him. You know, <laughs> halvesies. <laughs> Here's the thing with this episode so far. Whew. There's so much <laughs> reading of shit and coming in with like the most amount of enthusiasm that I am so exhausted already for this production. I'm going to do one more and I'm going to take a break. Okay. I'm doing one more and this is a big one. I want to, I'll do this one before the break. Cause it's a cool, it's a cool thing I did before previously. And this is the thing that will probably destroy me the most is previously I did an episode in the year around Christmas called SE ho, 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 in which I, uh, there was a song rap, thing that I created that was an absolutely wild uh, joining of different celebrity names and properties to try to boost the SEO of the production okay I've created a very short new version but I think it might be fun I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna do the original one as well I think just because it didn't get enough airtime it was in a very short episode I put together around Christmas when I was very busy and it's it's one of the Coolest things I put together, I think. I'm going to praise it again. So I'm going to do this, but I'm going to do this new one that I got here. It's very short, so I'll try it out. We'll see how it goes. Okay. 
Vince Vaughn, Jason Bourne, Bambi Parenthetical, Fawn, Summers, Comadone, or Michael Comalone, Hedge in the Hog, Ben Sossman, Dislike, Comajani, Officer Wiggum, Teleniana, Benjamin Button, or Bridge on the Subject, Lee McAfee, Nook, Time Spelling B, Wiseman, and Azamana McQueen to the Mercury, Stephen, Destroyer, Levante. See, it's very short. That one's very short. I didn't have enough time to actually get like a full thing in here, but I'm going to do the original one again, just because if you haven't heard it, I'm very proud of it. So I just want to do it again. We'll see if my, uh, we'll see if my voice can hold out for, for the break and we can actually get through this. <laughs> So yeah, again, the premise is every possible celebrity name and property is thrown into this thing all in like a weird, not exactly rhyming, rapping meter. It's just a mess of stuff that kind of all flows together. Basically, each time a name comes up, the next name flows on from the last one. It's just, yeah, it's 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 fun. It's a bit messy, but it's fun. Okay. Jackie Chan. Peter Pan, Mariana de Hanna-Barbera, Connor Commissera, to Clara, to Oswald, to Molly Ringwald, to Mr. Grindelwald, to Sorkin, to Walden, to Christopher Grace, when Duke on my mace, Alicia Keys played Two-Face, Chris and Wink, Pookie Pig, Beethoven Lou, now I don't mean to be rude, but hot or not, I will suck a man, every ill, I will shuck a man, metaphors, I will fuck her man, like Nicki Minaj, Peter Buck and Garage, Doc Ocker, the Scotterman, playing Canon, the Connison, then Panama Anderson, bringing the Reeves, Alicia and Keys played Two-Face, when Duke on my mace, have I lost my place? Chris and Wink, Pookie Pig, Better Van Van, Lippet to Dan, I quote to the Noibibs again, and one man, personification, Joker, Nickel, Vacation. My Kevin, Henry to Harrison, Zaski, Zinskin to Paddington, now I've never seen Bridgerton, but what else is Bailey in? Phoebe Walter, Whitlam, a sacrifice, Bobby Darren would make the knife, so not to cheat a little weed, a last Mylar, and Beatles, that again, and what's kind of to do, Bruce Anderson. Fry, Forval, Fibonacci, Luke, Leia, Liberace, Corey, Worthy, Loves to Party, now I don't want to be Adi Bar, but I know the Villa Vue, Betty Booper in the Greco Zoo, Ying Pinger in the Winnie, Evan Hands on My Woods, Tony Newton, What's Good, Ratatouille to Ramsey to Freeman, Cather to Crosby to Seaman, Keeping Lee Pace, Alicia Keys, Losing Place. Oh, here we are. Chris and Wig, Porky Pig, Better Than Dog, Alpha and Apollo, Gas the Hue, Comet Frog on a Log, Commercialization Center, Jeffy Vacation, Jeffrey Dutton to Winger to Write, Phoenix to Dumble to Sprite, Tinker to Teller to Gather to Guy, Fairy to Pair to Double to Night, Christopher Walsh with Elizabeth Tennyson, When Will the Song Ever Injured, Jefferson, Better Than Van, I've Done All I Can, Jackie Chan. Now, usually, when I did that originally, I needed a lot of, um, I did a lot of practice to be able to go through. Most of that, like, I actually have memorized. And that, as I was reading over that, I realized that's a version that's maybe older and it's not exactly the final version. But yeah, that, that is once again, SE ho, ho, ho rap. Good fun when I did it. I really enjoyed doing it back when and I wanted to make sure it was included in this reprisal. I think I maybe, I maybe, I maybe then squashed the fun of doing that new one that I did. That's just like a single paragraph, but yeah, I mean, you can't beat the classics, you know, you call it the band, you play the hits and that's my hit. That's the one hit wonder that I have. I'm going to take a quick break right now and I'll be back at it again with some more reprised all fun after this message. <laughs> yeah. Microsoft Excel is changing the game. You heard of us teaming up with EVE Online to deliver integrated spreadsheet management to one of the most complicated games of the modern era? Well, guess what? Move aside, Grandpa, because Excel is now teaming up with Danganronpa. What? How? Well, specifically, we're teaming up with Chunsoft on Danganronpa V3 to deliver you a simple method to track these characters' favorite gifts and dialogue options to receive their coveted underwear. Honey, mommy, ain't that a sexy idea? That's right. Utilize Excel to make one of those fictional murderers fall in love with you, receive their undergarment, and play an exclusive raunchy scene in the Monokuma Hotel. And what more, this is a default theme in Excel that is included for everybody. So whenever you open Excel, there'll be an option for a blank workbook, 
an academic calendar, and a list of Japanese food items squashed between the hot, sexy bodies of Maki Arakawa and Rantaro Amami. My suggestion? Miyu Aruma. They're a brat, and when they're not emasculating you, they spend their time salivating at the thought of carnal desires, which the writers play up a bit too much for my taste. Excel, have another thing that you'll have to quickly close when someone walks in. And we're back into the episode. How exciting. You probably heard there in the ad break there, there was some copy that was read. As we've done in previous episodes, we did some copy pitching. We did some copy pitching. Okay. There's a lot of times where organizations kind of reach out to me. We, uh, you know, we, we plan things out. They give me some copy to read on the production as some sort of advertisement and things fall through either because of them or usually because of me. In this instance, uh, this was because of me. Uh, we were having some discussions about what we could possibly do with uh, what we need to be saying in this production. Well, usually there wouldn't be that much of a discussion. Usually they send me the copy and I say it. And I had a lot of notes for this one. I was uncertain about uh, Danganronpa. I was uncertain about uh, Excel. I, I was afraid that we weren't targeting a specific enough demographic of perverts. You know, I was like, who exactly are we trying to get into this thing? Because I don't know if my audience is going to be for this. And they said, said, no, we're pretty sure your audience is exactly this. We did some testing and it turns out the 10 people who listen every week to your show are the only people that would want this. They said we could advertise anywhere else and we wouldn't hit the exact perfect cue zone that your show seems to have adopted. Is we, we Here's the thing. We could like advertise, say if we had all the money in the world and we decided to throw this up on uh, on like a blimp. We decided to put this on at the big game, you know, AFL Grand Finals, first advertisement that hits or Super Bowl or whatnot. The big ad, the big game starts playing. It would hit millions of people's screens that all be able to witness the thing that is before for them, none of them would engage with us because none of those people actually want to track all the sexy dialogue options in Danganronpa V3 through the use of Excel. But the 10 people who listen to your show, all of them, every single one wants this. So... I don't know. I if and I I refused. I said, look, if <laughs> if we're doing business in bed, I want I don't want to get fucked, is what I said. Uh and yeah, there was a falling out. Uh they 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 said they couldn't they couldn't do it anymore. And yeah, I lost the sponsorship. Kind of a shame. Kind of a shame. But I think it's kind of if you're listening to the I guess this still works as an advertisement, because if you're listening to the show, apparently even me mentioning this, you're gonna like I shouldn't have done this one, because even me mentioning this, apparently you want this so badly as an audience member, you're probably gonna want to check this out. So yeah, you can uh do Excel sheets with the hot bodies of Maki Harakawa and Umami. Enjoy. Enjoy. Enjoy this. Enjoy. This is for you. This is for you. Okay. Jumping on into the next one, which is going to be a microphone review. Uh, so let me swamp out this dealio right here for... This one, okay, terrific. So this is a car. This is a car nine seven. Uh, what makes it? What makes it a car nine seven is that it's a car radio. So not a lot of people are using these in general uh, because. 
it's not a good space to be recording yourself in, first off. And also there's the chance that your car gets jacked and then you lose your headphone jack, you know? Uh, so it's good sound, good reverberation, good, like you can hear the clicking. I'm doing some clicks side by side of myself, which makes the edit difficult. Hopefully everything I say is good in time and funny because... Uh, the, cl the clicks are going to tell you if I edited somewhere, isn't it? So hopefully that was all good. Uh, yeah, so it, it's pretty cool, but there is obvious, yeah, there's the chance that your car gets jacked and they steal all of your audio, which is why the Car 97, or whatever I called it, uh, comes with an audio backup chip. So what this is, is it's a sidecar for your car that detaches when jacked. Yeah? So on the side of your car, on the side of your full car is a little sidecar with a passenger seat, right? Sticking out onto the other lane. And in there is a little data backup. So as you're recording, you're driving, you're recording yourself. If at any point the car detects that the person that is inside of it is, you you know, tries to hotwire it or doesn't do the special key turn that's necessary. It's like an up, down, left kind of thing. Like you have to do a certain motion to start the car. If you do that wrong, the sidecar detaches five minutes into driving and will careen off uh, into, I guess, wherever you're driving. You know, maybe you take a turn and it just kind of keeps going and goes off a cliff. And that will preserve... It's all black boxed. The entire sidecar is made of black box material like they often say the airplane should be made out of. We done did it! We done did it! The sidecar is all black boxed. And it'll careen off the cliff and it'll be perfectly safe and your audio will be preserved. I should say, we of course recommend that if you're using this microphone, which again, sounds great, you can hear me right now. I sound good, plosives, plosives. It's probably a good idea if you, uh, if, if, if you don't invite anybody into the car. It's like, I'll say, this is the problem that I dealt with straight away, is I went, hey, jump the sidecar, it'd be funny, we can, you know, drive around and you can sh we shout at each other through the window and whatnot. And straight away, I didn't do the key turn sequence correctly, they careened off a cliff. Uh, and we lost them. We lost them. And that's that's the thing. You're always going to have data loss. Is you're always going to, regardless of microphone, is sometimes you're going to peak and the audio is going to cut out. Sometimes you're going to, uh, your computer's going to stall and you're going to lose something. Sometimes your little sidecar on the side of your vehicle that's supposed to be the data backup uh, careens off the side of a cliff, losing your best friend. Your best, so like, I'm pretty pissed about it because my best friend, best friend careens off, dies in a fire explosion, like the scene in Groundhog Day. Uh, with the groundhog, and and the audio skips a beat because it's unsure about where the audio is being uploaded to for the backup, and you lose a split second of your terrified screaming. Yeah, so that can be pretty bad. That can be pretty bad. You lose some of your audio, can be pretty bad, but altogether, that's to be expected. We, we haven't got there yet. We're not there yet, but at least this handles S's. Sunny sought a seashell by the seashore. <laughs> She sought one. She sought seashore. She sought the shells by seashore because Sally needed it. Little box for Corey. Corey needed a little box. Crucified Corey. Where is that? Where is that? Let me find that. So this is another thing I've done on the show before. Let's find where it is. Where is it? This was the scripted episode I did. So we're really just playing all the hits here. Is in the scripted episode, there was a chunk there where we did a tongue twister that I found very fun. Again, the scripted episode, a full, uh, it's 7,666 words that I wrote over two chunks. Uh, and I did it for the, the episode goes for like 40 something minutes. 
It is an entirely scripted episode that I put out a few weeks ago, a few months ago now. Listen to it. It's really fucking good. Um, and it's proof that I'm a good writer. I think ultimately I'm a good writer and I'm good at capturing my own voice. Perhaps if I was to write the descriptions for a tea towel, I would have a problem describing it without utilizing uh, my own creative voice uh, and being able to tone that down a bit. I'd be like, it's a tea towel, which is good for drying up milk and other objects involved with the consumption of food. I'm talking oats, I'm talking meal, I'm talking oatmeal. It's the full gamut that this tea towel can absorb. If you have a problem with it, wash it first and make sure that you haven't gotten out all the creases and cuts and whatnot because perhaps it's gotten dirty over a period of use. Before you return this thing, make sure you clean it because that might be the problem. It's the main problem people have with a lot of our cleaning products is they don't recognize that they need to be rinsed out, okay? Ring it over a sink twist it and get out all the oatmeal and see that's the problem is i'd write copy for these for these fucking stores and they'd be too good for them to deal with <laughs> but yeah i did this scripted episode it was great fun it was re- i i'm incredibly proud of it but there's a chunk in here that is a tongue twister that i'm gonna i guess say again there is a really key problem with this so this episode this scripted episode was not edited uh, edited in post, uh, you know, to, uh, to a degree, but most of it's just me reading the thing. So it's actually really easy edit uh, in post, but the actual script was not edited. It was all stream of consciousness, which meant that when I wrote a tongue twister that had a narrative that started coming up into it, I got confused about the characters. So as I say this, you'll recognize that it makes no fucking, some of it makes sense. And then you'd be like, hang on, wasn't Corey the one that, why is Corey in the car or whatever was going on? I can't remember it, but I've got it up here right now. I'm going to do the tongue twister that I wrote in like like it's only a few words so i wrote this in like 40 seconds it's fun it's cool here we go Serpent Sensivlaki to Sherman, who denied the Suvlakis due to a new plant-based diet. Serpent Sensivlakis to Sherman. The man has a new diet who does not permit the consumption of meat. Sherman said no. Sherman. No to Suvlaki. Corey committed cremation after calling Sherman. Sherman said no to Suvlaki and Corey committed cremation on themselves. Corey is in a little box. Little box for Corey. Little box for Serpent Corey. Mother Mabel mourned Corey, blaming Sherman. Mother Mabel blew up at funeral service, saying that Corey took away her boy. Priest upset. Priest upset. Mother Mabel threw Beklava at Corey for not pushing Sherman to break his sacred vow. Car ride home tense. Tense. Throwing pastry dish on Corey's shirt. Snake community in ruin over Suvlaki. And Corey's committed cremation. Jude Logatica type shit. So there it is. There's the, <laughs> there's the tongue. A huge tongue twister. Huge. T- it's so hard to say. Um, but the phrase, there's some phrases in there that I, I'm, not to just gush over my own stupid bullshit. But I, <laughs> so much of that really, I find so fucking funny. Little box for Corey is such a weird line to be in a tongue twister. And the other one that's in there that I really enjoy is, um, Mother Mabel threw a clover at Corey for not pushing Sherman to break his sacred vow. <laughs> what a stupid fucking thing that I've now read twice on this show. Oh my. Oh my. Oh my. Now something that something that um we did a lot on the show actually that I haven't really done recently as of such. The last one I did was with the guest Jackson Taylor Dobson, who was previously on 
uh, this show in the form of in uh, know what you're in for. It's Chris Prison, what Anthony B. Watts, the old show I used to do, the long form show. Um, is we're doing this is what I see, which was like uh, take a location and we'll just play scenes in that specific location. Things like PA calls and uh, you know coffee shop orders and conversations and tours and different things that were going on in an environment. And one one of those has really stuck with me. I obviously have a lot of fun improvising songs, despite me never, like if I had backing tracks, it'd be a lot easier, but despite me never keeping beats, uh, me not being like the best at it and losing track of what's going on. I really enjoyed doing it. And there was one specific one very early on for Geelong Beach that I loved that I'm going to reprise right here. Uh, it was the songs from the sirens out of the, uh, out in the ocean uh, at Geelong Beach. So just want to we're gonna we're gonna reprise it. We're gonna do it again, as we've been doing for this entire episode. We're going back, playing all the hits. Is here's a song. This is what I see: the sirens. We are the sirens, and we call the ships. We are the sirens, and we call the ships, and we want to just talk to you for a second. So take out that earwax and listen. We wanna have some good times. And if we're going to have good times, then you're gonna have to be present. Ba, 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 ba. You're gonna have to be present. Ba, ba, da, da. If we're gonna spend some time together, you better have your earaches out of your ears So that you can hear me talking about work stuff, work stuff, work stuff Yeah, 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 sirens, sirens of the coast They're sirens of the coast and they just want to have just want to have some good time That's all it is, that's all it is, that's all it is all together it's all this all together. Let's jump into the next. Let's jump into the. Actually, no. Before we do, let's do another. Let's do another. Uh, this is what I see segment. This is gonna be a little, little. This is what I see chunk. Um, do a lot of PA announcements. Always good fun. Um, let's do another one right now for uh, you know, reprisal of the NGV. Let's do it for the NGV. Okay. Attention, all NGV peoples. Thank you for coming out to our establishment. We know you're busy living your own lives and recognizing that art can be something from the past. But right now, before your very eyes, you see the work of contemporaries, of individuals who are creating iconography, paintings, brushstrokes, monuments to the present and to the future. And we recognize that your path into this establishment is you recognizing that today's art can be as good as what has come before. The NGV is a testament to the future being bright and hopeful. And of course we are aware that a lot of our work is very drab and sad. We are working on it. We've talked to a lot of our artists and saying, hey, can we cheer up some of this stuff? A lot of this is about the world slowly decaying and everybody losing jobs and whatnot. It'd be nice if we just had some sunshine and rainbows so people could say, hey, that's a pretty nice watercolor. So if you're out there right now going, hey, I don't think this is exactly for me, know that we've heard you and we are working on it. Thank you, NGV out. 
Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Isn't that wonderful? I think it's wonderful. Let's jump into another one. Let's just, we're, we're just jumping through all these different things. What do we got on here? What's something I haven't done yet? I've got a whole, I've got a huge, I've got a huge goddamn list. So previously on the show at Christmas time, uh, we did Advent, which was a bunch of people venting with their, um, wouldn't make more sense if it was ads, but it was them venting with reviews for the show. Uh, and I read out 25 of them each day for the, you know, advent of Christmas. And it was good fun. It was a good fun time. It required a lot of writing. And there's a new one right here that I'd love to read out. That I'm just going to separate onto one page instead of being split across two. There we go. Now it's all clean and good to read. Uh, so this is a vent. This is a uh, review we got for the production. I'm just going to read this and react to it. This show is long, like too long, like Justin Long's tusks in Tusk kind of long. This host likes to drag things out to their extreme. He'll say something that tickles his pun receptors and then keep digging down into that idea to relieve the magic of the glory days, similar to Justin Long riding out through a squeakwool and a road chip. And yes, Sure, I live with the same burden. I start saying something and then a bit takes over my whole line of thought. Like how Justin Long stole the show as a recurring love interest for Dewey Deschanel's character in New Girl. If anything, I want this review to serve as a warning for Alex. And if you focus too much on the bit on being accepted, you can lose the genuine side of you that leads to live free, die hard. So don't leave us waiting. Don't get the jeepers creepers. You're not a dodgeball underdog story because it's not that we're all not that into you. We want you. We want to go the distance. Drag me to hell. I couldn't fit that one in, but you know, that one too. Keep it up. <laughs> Love the show. It's so nice to hear that we're able to get some big fans out there that are also burdened, overrun with the idea of having to commit to an idea and a concept. And that's what the show's been for this entire year is it started out as a little funny prank. It was like, what if I made a show that it was like a joke? If I was like, kidding and then what happened what happens with all these rom-coms right is it's like oh we're gonna i'm doing the i'm gonna date you i'm gonna be the mean girl to get back at them or whatnot you know like all these movies that they start doing something they don't really like but then they start to realize that they actually love somebody they learn to grow and change and relate to an individual and that's what happened here is they started doing this show and i recognized that hey what started out as a joke has become something very real and very special and it's nice to know that some fans out there are feeling represented by what I'm able to be doing to show out to them. Yes, you are seen. I recognize you for who you are, a broken soul in God's army. And a lot of people will use that terminology, God's army, but I believe we're the army. We're the army. We're the army under thy. We're the army under thy, and we shall do thy bidding. Let's jump into another one. This episode's feeling a little bit disconnected because it's just like a bunch of... I mean, it's all reminiscing. It's all reminiscing. It's just like a lot of different things all coming out really quickly. Uh, what else have we done for the year? I'm, I'm trying my best to choose ones that aren't too recent, but here's the thing is... Recent, like recent could be like 10 weeks ago. I'm trying to find the ones that have, I haven't done for a while and things that are like parts of the year and whatnot. Uh... Of course, of course, we have the best ofs. Now, we had an episode that we had at the end of the year called the best ofs. Uh, the, the best, was it called best of boys? I've written down best of boys. If it wasn't called that, it should have been called that. I made a big mistake if that's what I titled the episode in my files and I didn't put it out like that. Uh, the best ofs were great fun. There was a collection of fake best of clips for the show that were all combinated together. It might be fun to just play a clip from the show from previous lie and see how that goes. Okay, so here is a special clip 
that uh, didn't quite make the best of us, but it's definitely a contender. This one was up there. Um, it didn't really make it in because some of it, and this is gonna, this is me lumping together a few episodes because I want to make sure I'm uh, reprising several things, is we also did an episode called The Leak, which is me doing leaked clips and talking through them and justifying them. So let's include that in there as well. And also the multiverse episode where it's episodes of the future uh, of what the show would be like if things change. Let's also do that. This is this encompasses all the episodes where there's a clip from the show that is being uh, reacted to, and it's a different version of the production. Sometimes the premises are pretty similar in scope. So this is all of those together again. Uh, let's play. Let's play. Let's play this one. Play it. Play. Play. Just play it. So it's six thirty a.m. Uh, and recording this one to do a little bit of a morning show episode. I think what's good about the show and I don't want to talk too much about my own self and you know fiddle my own horn uh, but what's good about the show is that it's able to be what it needs to be to some people and also able to say no to other people I think ultimately I think ultimately I think ultimately what the the main thing the main thing that it's doing that's right is that it's not going to say that it's wrong and it's not going to apologize it's not going to do any of that stuff okay Uh, it's coming up now so the sun's coming up now and very exciting. A little bit late. I think 6.30 is probably pretty late. I think it's really telling about what hour I usually wake up at. But the sun is coming up now. And here we go. Everybody's honking their horns. Okay. Everybody's very excited. We're doing a sun watch party. And that's kind of the premise of this one. It's we're all out here at Makeout Point. We've been here all night. Making, like French and like fucking crazy. All of us have been slobbering up everybody else. And we decided, look, we'll wait until the sun rises and we'll do a watch party. So all the cars are honking and I see him over there, Jerry, Jerry over there, uh, over there, Jerry's over there hooking up with Gary Clements. Are you kidding me? These two, these two bastards getting it together. What will Gary's family think? Oh, what a, what a, what, 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 what's some interesting imagery? That's some interesting imagery altogether. That's some interesting. Yeah, I mean, you're missing out on the sunrise, guys. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Beautiful, beautiful. You know what? The, the real magic here is actually your love. Is actually you two finding love together. Jerry and Gary, I applaud you. I came here to watch the sunrise and to honk my horn. And what I learned is that maybe, maybe love, maybe love can be found anywhere between a man and a woman, a man and a man, a woman and a woman. Different people representing different genders, and perhaps a married man and a divorcee. Even a married man and a divorcee can get together in the end. Isn't that something magical? Isn't that something beautiful? Interesting. 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 So, that clip, that clip was obviously taken down. Because um, it was taken out of context. Is You'd be thinking a lot of the context came about with the clip. It explained the honking, the sunrise, the make-up point. Everything was all there together. But it was taken completely out of context. You don't understand that I was... I was being pranked. I was being pranked. Is I was there with Ashton and we're trying to set up a huge prank show and it's not fair. Ultimately, it's not fair. And it's not my fault altogether. Is And I know that doesn't make for good conversation after showing a clip is for me to deny everything. Because what happens now is I've denied everything and it's hard for me to then talk more about the clip and its repercussions and whatnot because I'm saying none of it happened. But it's what happened. So I... I have to talk the truth. I met up with Ashton. We had a conversation uh, about 
what we want to do with the show going forward. He said, look, we're not really doing the show anymore. I said, I love it. I want to be involved with it. I, I love you. I love Mila. I love the whole deal. And he was like, whoa, what do you mean you love Mila? What does that mean? We're going to fist fight, rough and tumble. I tried to reveal to him that it's a part of his show. I'm like, don't worry. It's a prank. We're doing a punk. We're doing a punk. We're doing a punk. And he was like, I run the show. I, I have this production schedule. I know we're not doing a punk. So I was like, no, we're doing like, what's the one with those guys? That It's impractical. We're doing an impractical jokers. He didn't believe it for a second. He kept hitting me, pummeling me down into the gr- dirt, um, like the invincible, just like bam, 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 further and further down into the ground. Hold my face in front of a train kind of shit. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I love the guy. He's great. He's good. He's gauche. He's cool. But sometimes he, he's got a bit of a temper tantrum. Is you tell him that you love his wife, you tell him that you're... You know, you you blame every problem that you have on your life, on his production, on his show, and suddenly you're in the wrong. (laughs) Suddenly he's getting a lot of calls from people asking him, hey, did you set this thing up with Alexander Krauss? And he's like, I don't even know that guy's name. I don't know who you're talking about. Ah, what a dime in the rough. What a gem. What a dime. What a dime. What a dame. What a dame. Uh, yeah, that's that one. Okay, well, let's jump into, let's jump into, this episode's going on for a very long time, which makes sense. Uh, we're gonna do one final, I've got a voicemail here. We did a voicemail episode a while ago where I was leaving voicemails. I was leaving, I was trying to call people to get them involved with the movie production. And this is probably a good one to go out on before the big reveal. That's right, there's gonna be a big reveal at the end of the episode. I didn't hype this up at the start, but there's gonna be a big reveal at the end of the episode. Could I just mention at the start to, like link everything together, but there will be a big reveal at the end. It's an anniversary show. There has to be some sort of big reveal. But before we get to that, we have this last one here. This is going to be the voicemail. Now, I know there's some of these things that we didn't get to. I have a huge list here of, uh, what's some, we didn't do 22s. We didn't do uh, the SNL audition tape. We didn't do, uh, what else did we do? Bonus episode, the upload. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to go back to that one. Uh, we didn't make trailers or do q We should have made the trailers. That would have been fun. I just didn't have any music queued up. Uh, we didn't do the musical. We didn't actually do the movie premiere, but I mean, that was a whole thing. I don't, I don't want to do like a post credit scene. Whatever. That was like its own contained thing. Uh, Easter scavenger hunt, different like vote policy. We did the speech thing. Uh, the sit down chat, you know, self interview, Oprah interview. We didn't exactly do scripted, but we have read a lot. Oh, we did do the scripted. We kind of reprised that. We didn't do the TikTok condensing. We didn't do special thanks, which is pretty recent. There's maybe some other ones that I didn't include on the list, but there's a few ones that we didn't get to. If you're thinking, hey, my favorite thing of the year was on this anniversary reprisal, go back, listen to the show. I know there's some episodes there that I mentioned that were some of the best episodes of the show altogether. Like really, the making trailers episode is fucking fantastic. Um, The other one, the multiverse episodes I did were great. Not to toot my own horn, but yeah, those were like some really good shows uh, that could definitely be... Li- I didn't do Big Big Tall Men was, was kind of its own... That was kind of the first episode that felt like it, it really got what this show was. So you can listen to that one and kind of learn what... Like that really started kicking into gear what I wanted this show to be. And there's no really way to reprise that. That's just like a mess of different ideas. But it's like a fun one. Uh, but yeah, we're going to do this last one. It's going to be me, cold call, a classic cold call. I'm going to be calling Marvel Stadium and sorting some stuff out with them because previous I want to be able to make sure that this new year is able to be hosted correctly. So I want to, I'm going to call them just to sort out some hosting opportunities. So here we go. I'm going to call them here. Uh, it looks to be going to voicemail. Hang on a second. Hello. You have reached the phone bank of Marvel Stadium. 
When you're a child you don't think much of stadiums being bought and named after big brands, but when you get older and hear of one getting bought and changing hands it is as if you have been dragged from Plato's cave. We here at Marvel Stadium are committed to breaking the spell of innocence early in your child's eyes, so that our brand acquisitions aren't as world-shattering to their perception of reality. So, before you leave a message, consider bringing your family down to Marvel Stadium on Sunday August the 14th. We are going to have someone explain that Kling Rap is just a brand name, and that adults keep saying simples because they're referencing a meerkat who advertises health insurance. Remember, the world isn't a stage, it's a commercial. Leave a message after the beep. Hey, Marvel Stadium. Fantastic calling you and reaching you that at this hour. Uh, my name is Alexander Krauss, representative of the Big Tall Boys podcast. Just wanting to call about a potential brand meetup opportunity where potentially this podcast could be aired in your establishment, perhaps during football productions or games or what have you. The brown lows, I believe, are a thing I vaguely am aware of. It'd be nice if maybe the podcast could play during the ad breaks or it could play like over the speakers while everybody's getting seated. I, of course, have pipes that I can sing with. la li la la lu. I, of course, have an amazing stitch impression. I tried to include the 9-11 clip at the start of the movie, but during the 9-11 happened, it wasn't a 9-11 clip. We tried. My stitch impression's kind of back. It's kind of back again. It's kind of back again. Uh, (laughs) Every time I try to do it. Every time I try to do it, I can't do it. It's, uh, oh. Anyway, yeah, I'm calling about um, a potential opportunity where you can play some of the show. Also, it'd be good if I could play the halftime show. I come out there, I sing, I do my stitch impression, I talk to the entire crowd, we have a really good time. I have a projectionist that can have a sass, Gary Clements, he can put up a projector on there. Um, if you haven't heard, I'm, uh, you know, I know that maybe you're upset with me. I know a lot of the people that are in the know in the Hollywood business and Hollywood circle and whatnot, who are a part of the uh, elites and the celebrities and everything, are still reeling from me lying about getting married to Emma Stone. I know, I know, I fibbed. I did a little bit of a lie and some people are a bit upset with me, but that doesn't mean that I don't deserve a redemption arc. If anything, it means I should start having one, right? Or else where would the story go from here unless I was being killed off? (laughs) But I'm going to stick around so you need to redeem me. Or else I'm what? The full-time villain? I'm the Joker? (laughs) That can't be the case. I can't deal with that. I can't deal with that at all. So Marvel Stadium, um, I'll, you host me or, or, or else. You host me or else is what I'll say. That's all I'll say. But let me just say, I also have a Bane impression. Okay. Maybe consider what happened in the Dark Knight Rises. Consider that. Think about it. Think about it. I'm not saying any specific thing. Maybe he's talking about the part where he rides in the Batmobile or he's in the helicopter or whatnot. Uh, maybe that's what I'm referring to. Okay. But um, yeah, I'd be scared. I'd be worried. I'd be frightened. I think if I were you, I'd be shivering in my tiny little boots. And guess what? Your boots are small. Your boots are small because you don't afford, you don't, you don't go out of the way to splurge on big clothes. That's the thing about me is I am like, uh, what's his name? The singer of talking heads is David Byrne is he showed the world that if you really want to come across as rich as like accepting the man and because all David Byrne was about was accepting the man is you need to wear the biggest clothes possible because it shows that you're able to afford 
everything they had in the haberdashery. I go into a haberdashery and I'm like, give me that. Give me this pen. Give me that. Give me that. Is that called Paisley? What is that? Uh, Paisley? Give me the whole reel. Like, wind it. Now, keep winding it. And I'll start spinning the big wheel things. And I'll be like, keep spinning it down. I want all of it, okay? I want everything. I wrap myself up. I'm a little, uh, I'm a little, uh, RGB buffet. Every color of the bleeding rainbow I'm up in there. Uh, and yeah, so I'm feeling good. I'm feeling wealthy. I'm feeling nice. Marvel Stadium. I I hope you, I hear back from you. Of course, it's also my anniversary show. As I, I probably mentioned, this call I'm unsure. So if you wanted to get some sort of brand deal for that, I could add an ad for you post mortem. <laughs> Not meaning death, of course. You'll survive. You'll survive at least until the end of this episode. Hopefully, able to. Uh, and yeah. Yeah, I think it's good. I think we, I think we accept. I think we know what each of us are capable of. Okay, I know that you're capable of releasing blockbuster films and sponsoring a stadium, and you should be aware that I'm capable of dismantling a stadium into tiny little pieces. Okay, and that's just who we are as people. And those threats exist. Is if you come at me, I know I'm going to get a blockbuster movie that I have to go see the minute it's out. Are you kidding me? Thor: Love and Thunder. He's back again. He's back in action. What are these goats up to? What's Korg up to? I'm so excited. Uh, but if I come at you, I will slaughter you. I will slaughter you. And I will dismantle your infrastructure. So, good chat. Hope to hear back from you. Um, let us get him. Wonderful. There we go. Okay, we kind of did... We did it all. We did everything. Voicemails and copy pitching and uh, cameos. and it, It's been a year. I want to be really honest with you. It's been a year. I really enjoyed doing this show. Um, this reprisal was <laughs> incredibly, I think I mentioned at the start, incredibly daunting for me to kind of like jump back into a bunch of old concepts and ideas. A lot of pressure I put on myself to make this a bigger deal, especially like in the past month or so, every episode I joked about like, oh, we have the anniversary episode coming up. No pressure. I've got so much stuff planned. Those were all jokes, but weirdly a large amount of pressure. I know this is just like a stupid show I put out weekly, just by myself, I record it, throw it out onto the internet. But this show means a lot to me. This episode was really fun to put together. It's cool revisiting these concepts. And um, thank you for listening. If you've listened to like an episode, if you've just listened to this episode, whatever you've listened to, it really means a lot for you to just check it out. Even beyond, look, I'm going to betray the creator's code and say even beyond commenting or liking or shedding, shedding, even beyond like shedding your skin and becoming a new snake of yourself. Um, <laughs> sharing is what I meant to say. Even beyond you doing any of those things, like those call to actions, you know, at the end of a production, I'm just, I'm glad, I'm a simple man. I see the view account going up and I'm happy. I'm content. Call me, call me, call me crazy. But the more people who listen, the happier I am. Okay. Uh, but no, it's just nice that you're listening to the show and you enjoy it. Uh, if you don't enjoy it, leave me a comment. If you don't enjoy it, just say silent and I'll know. I'll know that you're happy. Uh, no, but if you really, if you really do enjoy the show, reach out at any point. I'll, 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 I'll collab. If you're cool and chill enough, I'll collab. Okay. If you have like a show you want me to come on to, I, I, I jump on some people's podcasts sometimes. I don't know. I don't know. I'm pretty free. This is my open call. I'm pretty free to just jump on and talk shit with people. It'd be pretty fun. And actually that's, 
That's the time now where I make the big announcement. Toot the little horns, do, what, do whatever folly needs to be done to premiere this big reveal. This should have been stated at the start of this episode to be like, stay around after the break, get excited for this, but for some reason I'm only revealing this at the end. Perhaps it's because I didn't plan to do this originally, but I feel like I probably should. I have a new show coming out. What? Excuse you? You're betraying us? No. So... Every week, every Wednesday, well, Tuesday midnight, Wednesday morning, this show comes out uh, for the Australian time zone, for Melbourne time zone. This show comes out, Big Tall Boys. For, from the, today, maybe it's, let's say it's already out. I haven't planned the release, but let me put a firm down on this. This has come out on the Wednesday, the past Monday, let's say, uh, Maybe the Monday in the future. Either it's already out or it's about to come out. Every single Monday, an episode of a new show I'm putting together will come out. The show is called One Last Late Night Talk Show. It is a long-form improv show at the end of time, space, and reality. I play a character that's very heightened, that's kind of like the Great Gazoo or... Um, what, what's what's the triangle from Gravity Falls kind of, you know, like this this grand, uh, what's uh, it's going to kill me that I can't remember the name of this fucking triangle. What's the name? Bill Cipher. Bill Cipher is the name. Uh, and let it be known, I didn't have to, go, I, I found it as I clicked to search, I realized what it was. Bill Cipher. I'm like this grand cre- creation that can summon and unsummon things into reality and kind of do whatever I want on a whim. I bring somebody from their own timeline, from their own reality, from their own space uh, onto the production and we talk about their life and at any point I say let's play a clip and we play a clip a short improv scene from their life that informs the conversation as we continue through we play some games as songs whatnot it's a crazy and wild show if you want to check it out I'll throw it on it's going to be on the Big Tall Boys website I honestly haven't figured out how to present this perhaps this chunk right now that I'm saying is going to be cut and I'm going to have a new chunk that explains the release properly but Every Monday, midnight, so Sunday midnight, Monday morning, a new episode of that is going to be coming out weekly until I run out of episodes. So at the moment, at the time of recording, I have five recorded, three edited and ready to go. So um, I should probably say, start sending off this episode though. Before We'll play the trailer at the end, I guess. Um, but before we do, I'll say like, favorite, subscribe, do all the things you do at the end of another podcast, but for this one this week you're going to share this with me you're gonna uh you're not sharing the episode with other people to get them interested in the show this week you're just going to share your thoughts on the production if you listen through this entire thing and you're up to this point reach out to me bigtoolboys at gmail.com reach out to the big tall boys website uh facebook whatever you know like come on send me a message i'd love to hear from you what do you like about the show what can be improved it's been a year it's time for change it's time for growth uh, but also more of the same, a more of a continue, a lot more sequels to previous ideas, beating the hangover of a formula. We're going to make next this year better than the last. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Really, all together. I say that genuinely. Um, I, I honestly, I previously mentioned that maybe the show wouldn't be going week to week, but now it's been week to week for an entire year and I'm chuffed. Um, yeah. I'm really happy with this and I'm happy that you listen and enjoy it. So as we are one to say at the end of every day, every week, be it June or May, (laughs) play the song. Oh, no,
want to hear the neighbor story. I do not care for which one is different. I just want to hear the neighbor story. What was it again? I, I performed open heart surgery on my on my neighbor. Yes. Okay. I believe we have a clip. Timmy, Timmy, you're gonna be okay. Oh, look at me. Look at me. Just don't d- d- perform don't, open don't, heart don't surgery look. on me. D- don't look. No, don't saw, do I, it. I've seen it done. I, I fell I've off the ladder. Please. I, no, I know, no, no. I know what I'm doing. I've got this I know you want to show right off. Here. I know you want to show off. You've been watching a lot of ER. Put down the scalpel. I'm I have fine. not been watching ER. I I watch Grey's Anatomy. Just don't, oh, 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 That's my organ. No, no, don't touch it. Don't touch it. Don't. Oh, 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 See, now your oh, heart's beating because I'm making it beat with my hand. Oh, this is visceral. <laughs> I can handle this. Just stay away from the light, Timmy. Stay away from the light. Just... <laughs> Hello, I'm the being from the deep. Oh, shit. Uh, you have a right to be from my daughter's lover. I'm sorry, I just, I was trying to save Timmy's life. Yes, keep going. You are giving me power. No, thank you. The, the hand's already out. I'm just cleaning it off. I think I, this is, this is not right. I'm just gonna smother you. Timmy, you're back! You're back! What happened? I fell off a ladder. Why do I have sewing wounds? Somebody's sewn my stomach back together after it being sliced open. I performed open heart surgery and I saved your life. You did? Yeah. Whoa. You're the best neighbor a guy could ask for, and I used to be neighbors with Husey. <laughs> He's so funny. <laughs> um, hi, can I get a big tall boy? <laughs>